podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us today for our podcast entitled Web Conferencing at Stevens Institute of Technology, a six-year perspective. Our special guest today is Robert Zotti. Robert is a Director of Online Learning at Stevens Institute of Technology. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Marilyn. Robert leads more than 200 faculty and staff in the development and delivery of more than 250 graduate courses in management, engineering, and computer science. His efforts to promote best practices in online learning were instrumental in the school being awarded the United States Distance Learning Association's 21st Century Award, and as well, the Sloan Foundation's top honor for the best online university. Congratulations. That's very exciting. Oh, thank you very much. Robert's past professional experiences have included working at Prudential for 10 years as a programmer, project manager, and trainer. And after earning his master's degree in information management from Stevens, he worked for two years in Prudential's software engineering group. And I'm so happy to see here, Robert, also that you are a doctoral candidate. Are you getting your PhD at Stevens also? Yes, I am. That's very exciting. Robert, before we start, I have a lot of questions. Could you describe a little about the online learning operations at Stevens and how you came to use web conferencing technology? Well, Stevens has been doing online learning since 2000, so we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. We started by doing a purely asynchronous mode kind of model, but about four years into it, we started seeing more and more feedback from students saying that they wanted more interaction, more real-time interaction with their instructors, and some instructors that were saying, we, we want to talk to our students every once in a while. I mean, the discussion boards are great. We're getting a lot of good work done with them, but something's missing. So we did a pilot in 2004. We checked out three or four different web conferencing systems. We finally made a decision in time for the summer 2004. And we had three instructors as our early adopters. They started doing all sorts of interesting experiments with web conferencing. And by the fall, we had our model ready. We were doing web conferencing for about 10 or 12 courses in those early semesters. And that gradually grew as we got more faculty trained and more students used to the idea of doing this sort of thing. Scheduling was an issue at first, but what we started doing was having the instructors kind of test out the waters a little bit, seeing when the students were going to be available. And our prime times always seemed to be weeknights from 6 o'clock till 10 o'clock. And that's how it began, and it just grew from there. Did the instructors utilize the system as intended, and how did it actually catch on at Stevens? It caught on slowly at first. The early adopters, they loved it. I mean, they wanted this thing in the worst way. They were ready to start using it early on. And the students, a lot of them had been waiting for this sort of thing for quite a while. The way it was used at first was in ways you would expect, real-time recorded lectures. Occasionally, you'd have things where you would have the instructors invite guest speakers, so you'd have a kind of a tag team approach. 
and then some instructors started doing some interesting things in terms of team assignments they would give the students presentation rights during a particular session and have these students go through their team assignments and they were getting some good virtual presentation skills there so you had things that were kind of unexpected in a couple of ways happening at the same time we were seeing things we were more or less expecting with those real-time recorded lectures you mentioned before the podcast that you had gone through a transition to a new system recently what was that like? Was it difficult? The transition was a very large project for us. Luckily, we allotted a lot of time for it. We had about eight months from the time we issued the RFP to the time we made the selection and got our new system in integrated into the rest of our operation. This involved going through another three or four vendors and looking at every nook and cranny of what their system did and what their system didn't do making sure that we had a committee that represented all the big stakeholders. We had, we had instructors, we had students, we had staff members, we had the IT folks involved from the very beginning. So all the different kinds of things that we would expect to see, all the little gotchas, uh, we were ready for them when it came time to make our selection and go through with the implementation. You mentioned that your web conferencing system is seeing more and more use outside of the online classroom. Can you describe what these uses are? Well, we're seeing a lot of different uses for web conferencing outside the classroom. There's a lot of special lectures that take place on campus, and previously what was happening is we get these special lecturers to show up, and they would give a demonstration or a lecture in a lecture hall. But then after that, that's where it all ended. There was no follow-up or very little follow-up. And now what you can have are people participating who couldn't make it to campus. And those that couldn't make it in real time, they can listen later on. There's also a lot of meetings. I mean, I got a call from our provost last week. He had some special meetings going on that he wanted some faculty to show up for that but were out of state. But he still wanted to have the meeting. This one was on export controls. And we were able to hold that meeting. And then there was the re research day that we had last week as well, where we had podcasted that kind of a web simulcast model there. Even people that don't teach online, they were able to use this web conferencing system to salvage courses when we had all this bad weather during the winter. And I'm hearing from our disaster recovery folks, or rather our business continuation folks, that are finding out that they could use this application for a whole bunch of things. I also understand that you are studying the adoption and effectiveness of web conferencing technology in online courses for your PhD. What can you tell us about what you have found so far? Well, the first thing I found in doing this research is that there hasn't been much research of web conferencing in online classrooms. Most of the research in terms of effectiveness of online learning has been focused on discussion boards. Many of the researchers count postings or they do a content analysis of what is in those postings. To my knowledge, there hasn't been all that many studies of what web conferencing has done in terms of effectiveness for those courses. Those studies that have focused on web conferencing, they do it for a couple of courses at a time, or there isn't really a program-wide study on what this technology has been doing for us. I always like to ask, as one of my last questions, if you had a crystal ball, what other roles do you see for web conferencing technology, not only at Stevens, but at other universities and colleges? Well, this gets back to the web conferencing for inside and outside the classroom. Now, picture for a moment if you had access to all these little pearls of knowledge in a uh, corded format, and you can pull these little pearls of knowledge into whatever courses you want, or make them available in a public use page on your website so that 
current students, former students, future students even, can get an idea of what they're in for when they take your courses. The stuff that we have in mind here, we teach graduate courses in management, engineering, and computer science. Just string together all these little pearls of wisdom in some kind of coherent fashion and put them out there and start some discussions around them. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all your knowledge and expertise. And I'm sure there are listeners who might like to contact you. Could you share that contact information with us? You can reach me by email at robert.zotti, Z-O-T-T-I, at stevens.edu. Or give me a call at 201-216-5231. Robert, thank you once again. Congratulations on your award with USDLA and also the Sloan Institute. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like more information about USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.